Welcome to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, the lovely and talented Rob. I had to gas myself up a little bit. Uh, today, my uh, my guest is, this, this is your terminology, a, a fat marathoner, run coach, influencer who helps people uh, be active without the pressure of weight loss. Also a speaker, a podcaster, and founder of the Slow AF Run Club. Please welcome Martinus Evans. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, man? Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you on as a fellow uh, bi-spectacled individual. This, is, like I said, it's it's a doppelganger thing. I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's going to be like, if you, if you throw out there, you're an Aquarius. If you throw out there like you're 6'4", something to be really upset about. <laughs> Not Aquarius, but I'm a Cancer, so, you know, water okay. sign. Okay. All right. You know, okay. Uh-huh. Um. So again, I, I want to thank you for for popping on, and this is definitely a a treat for me because um, there's definitely some some overlap, and um, just watching from afar and really respecting how you've gone about your biz and how you've gone about like your your story. So, if you will, for the folks that are uninitiated, undipped, could you share your story and ultimately, you know, what prompted you to start marathoning? Absolutely. So let's take everybody back to 2012. What were you doing? at 2012. Um, For me? Thinking the world was going to (laughs) end. For me, I was a suit salesman in 2012. (laughs) I sold suits at Men's Warehouse, commission sales job. Um, One of my, one of the uh, first few jobs I had right out of undergrad. And I was on my feet all day working there, slanging those suits. It's the big guy that's slanging these suits, right? And by slanging suits, you there. It's like, it's almost like being a corner boy, but you just in the store. So you're there all day. You're on your feet all day. You're eating trash. And, you know, one day I, I walked into my job and I felt this sharp pain in my hip. Mm. This led me to go see a doctor, which led me to go see another doctor. And, you know, I'm sitting there in this orthopedic surgeon's office, you know, contemplating whether or not I need to have like a hip, hip replacement or something like that because I, I played football in college and, in high school mm-hmm. and you know we sit down and he say oh you got hip pain i'm like yeah and before he even looked at my chart he's like well i know why you're in pain what's that she goes you're fat what you're fat so then he goes on it's like you got breasts as a pregnant woman you got a belly as a pregnant woman you know to start going in on me yeah and he's like you know you got two options like you need to lose weight or die and I'm still on, this motherfucker just called me fat. Like, who, who is he? Who is this man? Just to be calling me on my name. So I say to him, very sarcastically, I'm going to run a marathon. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Screw this, screw you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to run a marathon. And he laughs. Like mm-hmm. the biggest laugh I've ever seen a doctor laugh. And was like, you run a marathon? That's the most stupidest thing I've ever heard in all of my years of practice in medicine. If you run a marathon, you're a doc. So I'm sitting there like, so I need to lose weight or die. Uh, if I need to, uh, you know, if I want to run a marathon, I'm going to die. So I just left the doctor's office, you know, stormed out. And as I was driving home, I, I drove past a running shoe store. Mm. And I went in there and I told them I need running shoes and I need them now. And that became like the, the the journey. I got home. I got on the treadmill and I failed miserably, like literally fell yeah. off the treadmill like no more than 30 seconds. And that was the journey. I remember going home with tears in my eyes, like, 
this doctor is right. And uh, as I reached out to turn the doorknob, I have a tattoo on my right wrist from uh, Frederick Douglass. It says, no struggle, no progress. So it's literally as I was like turning the doorknob, like my sleeve pulled up and I can see the tattoo. And that's when it hit me. It's like, this doctor ain't gone. I'm about to prove this doctor wrong. Yeah. That was the start of the journey, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And definitely uh, there, there, there is some overlap that's there um, on occasion. You know, I, I remember my, my partner, she, she told, I, I would go on these rants on occasion because ever, and I, I would imagine you've encountered this based on what you just described. Whenever as a, as a larger person, there are really shortcuts that are made and it's, and it's not a drag on it, but that's what the experience has been for me of you weigh this, hence X, Y, and Z are going to happen to you without any extra research. Right. And I, I remember there was an article that talked about, it was just like what the uh, experience is for like larger guys. Like I'm over 300 pounds. And I, I remember my, my girl was just like, you were right. And just showed it to me. I was like, no, I, I know. I, this, this has been, you know, a long time of this. And this is what this experience has been. And, you know, it, it's, it's this thing where, you, you feel like you're not being heard, you're not being listened to. And, you know, it's like, I definitely get this notion of being on your feet. I, I used to work at the ballpark, I used to work at Oriole Park and okay. and in undergrad. So chicken tenders and French fries and you're on your feet and it's not great. It's it's, it's no. very sweaty days. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely get it. And I, I remember it, it was one point because I'm very meticulous about numbers. I'm an analyst by day. And so, you know, always, you know, on like, all right, what's this weight looking like at that time? And what's this blood pressure looking like? Things of that nature, black people things, you know? And mm. I remember going there and I had like a weird situation and I had like a specialist take a look and it was like the wild H if, as it were. And he's like, oh, you need to lose weight. And I was like, hey, you're not looking so slim yourself. And that's literally <laughs> just what's flying out of my mouth. And I remember he, he checks the situation. He's like, all of your numbers are good, which doesn't make sense because you're a fat guy. Right. And I was like, so help me understand this experience. How am I supposed to leave with trusting you? Exactly. So let, let's talk about um, the Run Slow AF, uh, well, Slow AF Run Club. How did that come about? I, I would imagine like going into this experience and then doing this dive into treadmill, you know, seeing the wrist. And it's like, I'm not going to take this L. So tell me how like the run club came about. So the run club came about years ago, man. Um, so like I said, I've been at this since 2012 and around 2017, uh, I got help with on the course. You know, some dude was like, you slow, you slow, you slow as fuck, man. <laughs> like, whoa. Shout out to the slowest fuck man. Just Ian, he was just heckling me. And I remember being like, like, yeah, I'm slow as fuck, but I'm faster than your ass. And him being like, touche. Like, you got it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm here. Like, I'm running the race. Yeah. You're on the sideline. So who's the slow one? Right. And from that point on, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to put slow AF on the, on the shirt and just run races. Yeah. And you know, people's like other people was running. It's like, yo, like that's funny. Like, I, I'm a part of that club. Like, like, do you sell this stuff? And I was like, no. Like, I was just doing it for myself. But then I sell, started selling the shirts. You know, first launch sold about 500 shirts, um, and then went from there to 
people ask me, hey man, you got like a Facebook group or something? Like I wanna, I wanna, I wanna kick it with the other people who are also got these shirts. Yeah. Like, we should have a club, like <laughs> slow F run club. Like it should be all of us wearing these slow F, slow F shirts all over all races. So then I went on the process of like figuring out like how to do that. You know, I was like, you know, I just don't want like a Facebook group. Like everybody does a Facebook group. Right. But that's when I went on the journey of um, finding a company that um, that can help create this process. Shout out to Mighty Networks who uh, helps back and support the Slowly Up Run Club app. So, you know, we got an app, yeah. you know, it's like our own Facebook that's not on Facebook. We got an app on iOS. We got the website. We do live streams inside of that bad boy. So it just became like that thing. And I started this thing with like 42 people. Yeah. And, you know, that was in like 2017. Like now we're close to like 10,000 members in there. That's that's really cool. And it's really an organic way of building, building a community, building like a network of folks that have like similar like interests and they have a similar belief system, I would imagine, and kind of hear I would imagine these these same stories or what have you of, yeah, this is here's here's your limitation I want to put on you or what have you. It's like, I'm I'm good, bro. I think I think I'm right. all set here. And <laughs> and so tell me about because is I I encountered this when like a, I was just at this um this panel discussion last night and that, those are always weird to me. Like I was describing a little bit before we got started because it's like I want to be me. But sometimes me, if like you catch me off guard, it's like, all right, now I don't want to feel like I'm performing either. Uh-huh. But I know to a degree, like this is a contrived interview or what have you. I mean, you didn't read the question, so that's cool. It's less contrived, but we knew we were going to meet at this time. We knew we were right. going to have a conversation. So tell me about, in, in from from your standpoint, about being authentic versus and, and sharing and sharing your, what your story is versus being performative because somebody said, oh, this might sell if you, you know, we're, we're in the fat folks now. So, you know, break a mirror and walk through it and live your truth or what have you. That's no shade. That's no smoke. It might be some smoke. It might be some Amazon related smoke, but please. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a business partner back in the day and they was like, you know, if you really just focused on weight loss and like had a weight loss community, and like just do that man i swear to god you'll be a millionaire within a year and i remember being like but i don't want to do that though right it's like but you'll be a millionaire within a year like if you like took this journey and like really just honed in on the weight loss aspect of it like you'll be a millionaire because you can sell products you can sell supplements you can so many things in the weight loss field that you can sell mm-hmm. and i promise you martinez you'll be a millionaire and i was like no so like i say that to say like when i first started this journey in 2012 it was weight loss focus right yeah you know doctor called me fat i wanted to run a marathon i said to myself i ain't never seen a fat marathon donor like yeah. let me like if that marathon was fat the first time, he ain't gonna be fat the second time or the third time. But next thing you know, I'm running eight marathons and I ain't, and I'm still the same. So um, <laughs> we out here. <laughs> so that line um, was going. But like during all that process, like after I ran my first marathon, I got into this bad car accident mm. and I wasn't able to run. Like totaled my car, had like this neck injury, and I wasn't able to run. 
And I remember um, this is when I was in Connecticut at one UConn. And like, it's like those spring New England days where it's like the first time that it hit like 50 or over 60 degrees. People was like, oh, I'm a barbecue this weekend. People outside starting to run and things of that sort. And like, as I was driving on campus to see all these people running, and I just remember being like, fuck, man, like, if I can run again, like, like, I don't care what weight I'm at. Like, I enjoyed running so much that, like, I just want to do more of this. And I remember, like, I lost, like, almost close to 100 pounds and being like, I wasn't 100 pounds happier. Right. And in fact, like, I was more miserable because, like, motherfuckers look at me like, man, I, I like the, the fat martinez better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the standard, your standards change. You start doing things like, ah, I like the fat martinez better. Like, I don't like the skinny version of martinez. <laughs> and too blind like myself either because I was, like, going through this process of, like, more, more weight loss. Like yeah. this ain't it. Like yeah, I lost hundred pounds. I ain't got no abs. I still got man titties. It's like, what is this? <laughs> um, it's so it's one of those things. It's one of those things that feels like, like, and, and I and I relate to that because uh, I think at one point I I heard something in fear inspired a great motivators, mm-hmm. and I I, have, I get costume chondritis. So it's that while we rib cage inflammation, I was like, yo, is this. Am I Fred Sanford right now? Like, what's what's happening here? <laughs> and I, I remember going there and having the whole thing done. It's like, no, no, you're you just have costal, you have rib cage inflammation. Like, it's terrible, but that's what you have. And I was like, I didn't have this up until me working out, and to the degree in which I was not excessively, but you know, I'd be on the like the stationary bike for like ninety minutes, you know, mm-hmm. at a time. I was just like, this is my normal evening, and reading a book on air, watching a movie, playing video games, whatever, right? And right. I, I, and I remember, I remember, um, I think from a nine point, uh, uh, I was at a 388 and in a school, in, in a span of like nine months, I got down to like 256 mm-hmm. and I did, all I did was just to do the biking and I was eating under and it was just like the doc got in my head and just convinced me that, yo, if you don't do this, it's a wrap for you. And I was like, man, I got so many more podcasts to do though. Right. I, I got to fill out this <laughs> lifetime contract. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get way off there because I still want to answer your question. But like there were times where my workout didn't begin until I burned a thousand calories on like the elliptical. Mm. So like that was a part of my workout, burn a thousand calories on the elliptical and then go work out. So yeah, that shit is ta- this That shit is toxic. Uh-huh. Like that shit is horrible. But like to to get back to the, your question is that I I had so many opportunities where individuals was like if you just focus and stay on this weight loss mm-hmm. and do this journey and like help people out with that like you you'll be a millionaire I promise you and me being like but that's not my principles now right like I just want to be happy and run and like experience life that. I ain't necessarily experienced until I started running. Like I didn't experience this stuff when I lost the weight. Like I, I started traveling the world when I started running races. Yeah. It's like, Oh shit. Like, Oh, there's this thing called the world majors where it's like 40, 50,000 people running these races. Well, shit, I want to go there. Yeah. And so like, that was the thing that, um, for me, my autism, my autism, my authentic, 
Authentic. <laughs> so bear with me because I didn't got these braces in today, uh, <laughs> yesterday. So like my tongue is doing weird things today. Um, just trying to live my best authentic life, right? Sure. Like, are there things on social media that I don't share? Like, of course. Like, I, my 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 partner, my wife is not on social media. Like, she doesn't have a social media account. I rarely post her on my social media because just something that she she does not believe in and don't want, right? Mm-hmm. Which then leads to like other things, right? People shooting their shot, men and women. They're like, well, he ain't posting that about no women. He must be gay. <laughs> And then you got women. It's like, well, I ain't seen him posting that about no, not, nothing. So he must be seen. Yeah, yeah like, so, hey, Tuddy Bear guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that leads to other things. But, you know, there's boundaries around, like, what I'm willing to, like, share on the interwebs and on social, right? Like, yeah. my 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 relationship my wife is, like, near and gets me. And, like, people... Like the people on the interwebs that I don't know yep. can't have access to that. One hundred percent. Like, but like my fat ass running around with no shirt on and like being on, you know, being in men's health with naked and like stuff like that. Me having fun running, sharing yeah. like TMI stuff when it comes to running. Like, yeah, you can have all that. Yeah. Like, take it all. So, so this is this is like another bullet point within that, and I and I think I, I have the answer, or at least a sense of the answer. But I'll at least ask it. Tell me about the the benefits or that experience of being more obscure and how you've since you've grown. Like, and I think that still ties into the the question about what do you share, what do you don't share, being authentic mm-hmm. and all of that. But tell me about some of the advantages of being more obscure, because I think, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm from Baltimore. Someone runs up on me. Hey, Rob, how's it going? I, say, I don't know you, bro. What's good? <laughs> and, and, and it's because people think, hey, I've listened to you on some episodes, so I know who you are. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I know you like that, bro. <laughs> so yeah. tell me about that obscurity and how that's been that that shift to some of those advantages you may have had earlier on versus more so now. You know, I think it's a different curse because the same thing. I'm originally from Detroit, you know. Um, so the same thing, you just can't run up on me and just like, whatever, like. <laughs> There are ways to approach me that don't. I'm a jumpy brother. Like just don't get up on me. The claws come out. What are you doing? <laughs> but it is something about that. It's something about just having boundaries around this, like parasocial relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So people see me in magazines. They see me on social media. They listen to me during this podcast or live stream. So they feel like, yes, I know him. Like. Like, he's my friend, he's my best friend in my head, and, like, he's a great person. And that's amazing. Like, that comes along with, like, a parasocial relationship. But the thing about parasocial is more, most of the time, it's one way. Like, yes, I might be your best friend in your head, and, like, we, we might be cool in your head, and I might be a cool guy, but I don't know you. <laughs> I could be a serial killer for you know. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's true. It's like I talk to I talk to Rob Lee every day. It's like, do you? Because I've never shared a conversation with you. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's that, and it's like I I, I kind of struggle with it um, at times, and 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 it, and it comes. I, I think I recognize it comes from a good place, but also it's like recognizing that sometimes when I go into maybe mixed audiences, I'm very weary of you know people being a little too like. Um, wanting your time, wanting your 
because it's like kind of one one of the things you touched on earlier, I thought you said so well, is your relationship is very precious to you. It's very important to you. So it's the same thing with me. And some of those DMs are very, very weird. So I'm like, nah, not going to do that. But also, you know, I'm going to be with the same like five foot two girl with like freaking pink hair all the time. That's who I'm with. So it's kind of like read the room at times, but also it's just something I'm getting adjusted with and doing this podcast thing for for 13 years. And now it being, hey, we know who you are. Hey, you're on billboards. Hey, you're in this magazine. It's like, cool. I'm still off putting black dude from East Baltimore. I'll tell you. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? And I think that's where like boundaries come into place, right? Um, of course, you know, I have my my email address, but there's, you know, everybody don't get the personal email address. You know, like usually you have to go through another email address that then is filtered to me, right? You know, same thing with social media is that, you know, I would say about. <sighs> 80 to 90% of the time, like it's being filtered through somebody else to say like, hey, like this is important you need to get to it versus like me saying just the riffraff, uh, you know, you fat bastard or whatever, whatever. Because like, yeah, I'm still an artist and I'm yeah. still from Detroit. And like, you know, I come from a day and age is like, well, let's let's say that to my face. Uh-huh. But I can't be like that. Like I can't, I can't be like say that to my face every time. Because then I have to fly to tons of places around the world. Well, that's how you do that traveling, though. You can continue <laughs> traveling a different way. Traveling pugilism is, is fine. But I know 100 percent And you know, some of the messages, some of this is like, yo, it's don't confuse it and this this notion of oh you're not going to do anything i say whatever i can say to you and it's just like no i i still have that and you know i think because you, you touched on the artist thing it, it, it it's interesting because i think i try to do these interviews to get at what the person does but also get at to what's baked into this the experiences mm-hmm. all of that stuff what's underneath it and you know as i've touched on before i'm Black dude, six four, three and change from East Baltimore. So my experiences are kind of going to be baked into it. Me being a big fan of Japanese wrestling and 80s action movies and looking at the police sideways all the time. That's all baked into maybe right, my right. position on a particular thing. My my strangeness, if you will. So for you, how do you embrace your strangeness in 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 what you do? Like something that might not be as obvious as someone might think like oh you know you're a bigger guy so yeah you know running slow fat marathon all of that but what are some of the things that are like baked into you as an individual the hill that i'm willing to die on <laughs> is grits and sugar inside of grits whoa ho 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 that ho. is the hill that i will die on see i thought we were boys for a second and now it's just like <laughs> that I don't is know. the hill that i would die on everybody's like what you put sugar in your grits. Yes. Bro, that's cream of wheat. It's fine. It's, it's that's fine. not cream of wheat. It's <laughs> Just... grits. And so, like, that, that is the heel that, like, as soon as I say that, people are like, what? Who are you? Like, you were cool. But, like, sugar and grits? Like, what is this? You had that hot grits take. <laughs> <laughs> Al Green is spinning right now. <laughs> so, like, that is the thing where I'm like, grits me and sugar sugar and grits that's me and people are like well, what is this like what are you doing and I'm like 
that's all egrets. And I've been eating like that since I was younger. And I got it from my pops and he got it from somewhere. And like, I remember being young and be like, ooh, this grits <laughs> tastes better with sugar. This is a lot better, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's one of the things like my, my parents, um, my dad likes the savory and sweet thing. He used to go in there mm-hmm. to like Lexington Market and one of, one of the famous markets here in Baltimore. And he would get like this... Um, just regular, like, you know, bacon, egg, and cheese joint, but it would always have grape jelly on there. And I was like, this slaps all the time. <laughs> and I go back to it that he would get maybe one, maybe two in the morning, and he would always come back from with like a half of a sandwich, like the trunk, like the diagonal joint. And my younger brother and I would fight over who's going to get it. So I'm like, yeah, aren't you clothes already? And I was like, okay, I get the sandwich today. This is great. While my mother hates it. So I'm like, yo, look, mom, you just don't get it. You know, this, this, this savory and sweet thing, this is baked into me. This is who I am as a person. Same thing with sugar and grits. <laughs> it's, it's something that's baked into me. And um, I will die on that hill. Like, that's the hill that I'm I'll, willing I'll, to die on. I'll, I'll give you that pass. That's that's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. So I, I got two more real questions, and I got some rapid fire questions for you. Um, so in... in the the last 10 years because that's pretty much what it's looking like um mm-hmm. as far as like this portion of your life and, and obviously that's much more before that because i'm 37 but i've been doing this for 24 after i turned 24 so it was like 24 years of other stuff right, but right. what would you say is like a life lesson that you've learned that helped you cope with some of the challenges and limitations that pop up because, you know, we, we get on social media a little bit and it's all of these great motivational quotes that pop up from athletes or, you know, others that uh, tell you how you're supposed to go about life and so on. And it's always somebody lifting weights in the background. But what is a piece of advice that that you got? Because I, I look at you more like an everyman, like I look at myself and I think advice coming from you or Jim coming from you is of more value. So the thing that the, the lesson that I learned through all of this it's not the sexiest lesson in the world. Spin it. Consistency and persistency. You got to be consistent and you got to stay persistent. You need both of those things. Like persistence is like, oh, I'm going to come here and I'm going to knock on the door. And it's like, you going to tell me no? All right, I'm going to come back. Like that's persistence. Like you know that somebody's going to tell you no, but you're going to go do it anyway. Like you're being persistent about that. Yeah. And the other part is that I'm going to come every day or I'm going to come at whatever interval and that's the consistency part of it and then you add both of those things together like that is my success Mm. everything around me and everything i do is around those two principles is that i got to be consistent at it like and i got to be be persistent at it because this message of being a fat runner or you know being slow in the back of the pack like i've been saying this message for 10 years but as of late, it's the thing that's more palpable, consistency and persistency. Yeah. So like now, like, yeah, 10 years, now all of a sudden, you know, I got a book coming out, um, uh, Adidas athlete, you know, I got this run club, you know, all these other stuff on cover of Runner's World magazine, butt naked in men's health, all this stuff, right? Yeah. All this stuff came, but it came 10 years. Yeah. Like, so it's all one of those things like, you know, it's like an overnight success, but it's 10 years ago. Yeah, it's it's your it's burning your thousand calories before the workout starts. Exactly. And so, I think yeah, I think a lot of people don't get that. And you know, with this particular thing, doing this for around three years and not knowing that, you know, I, I say it all the time because it's the experience, but 
you know, it was 10 years of me podcasting and learning this craft and just kind of parlaying it into ultimately talking with people who are kind of strangers and getting a very good conversation out of it. Exactly. So that's the thing. Like as of late, like I've been able to do this as a full-time job. Yeah. Before all this, I still had side jobs. I had jobs. I argued with my boss, bosses about, you know, me taking off time to go run races, having arguments with my significant other, you know, having arguments with my family for them to really understand, like, what, what are you do- like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Like, this don't make sense, especially coming from a family who's a blue collar family who worked at the big three, Ford, GM and Chrysler. Yeah. You know, so all they know is taking up a piece of boat, screwing that in and doing that for eight to 10 hours a day. And I'm like, no, like I want to do the social media stuff. I want to write a blog. I want to do all this other stuff. And it's really now that they really see the fruits of that labor. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, like now I believe in you. Mm-hmm. But like 10 years ago when I got this started, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, nor did they believe that it's going to turn into something that's fruitful as it is now. Now everybody look, everybody loves me and want to have conversations with me about Adidas. I feel like Mike Jones is playing in the background for some reason. (laughs) I don't know why. I just hear Mike Jones faintly (laughs) for some reason. But like, that's the thing. Like now everybody want to have a conversation with me about Adidas or how Adidas doing? Like when you're in that commercial. Uh Oh, I see you in the magazine. Like how'd that go? How you get into the magazine? You got a book coming out. Oh man, tell me more about that. But when I was just a, a fat dude, you know, 10 yeah. years ago and like me writing a blog and then be like, what the fuck is a blog? What's this like, blog thing? Like you're just writing your thoughts on the internet and people reading this? Man, that's dumb. What the fuck you doing? Go, you better go. Yeah. I can get you a job at GM. Like, boy, I can get you, look, $20 an hour is a lot in 2012. Uh, and then, yes. look, I can go get you a job at $20 an hour at this plant on this line. Like, you better stop writing this blog shit and get this $20 an hour on this line. And me be like, no. And like, you are dumb. Like, you just missed out on this money. Or, or people like, in doing this, like, this this thing is a is a project that's been, like, self-funded. You know, me doing this. It's like, why are you buying, li- buying lighting equipment? Why are you buying mixers and microphones? Like, isn't it expensive? It's like, I, I could be buying drugs. Uh, like, what, mm-hmm. what do you want from me? And it's like, look, man, I'm having a good time. I'm not bothering anyone. And, you know, and it's something that that I'm good at. And it's just like, that's not enough. It's, you know, this is the similar background. This this is the kind of lifestyle we think works for you. And or I remember early on, it's kind of like I, re- I remember this is this is really unrelated, but it connects in this way. I like having a pretty decent memory. I just remember, especially pop culture like Touchstones, I remember people taking weird shots at like uh, Chadwick doing uh, Black Panther. Man, he's the weakest character in the movie. Bop, bop, bop. And then after you pass, it's like, oh, King is gone. I was like, yeah, but let's go back <laughs> in that way back machine a little bit. But I remember in doing this, oh, you must be a lame in your mom's basement recording and talking to yourself on a microphone. And now it's uh, a couple billion dollar industry. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. It's really weird how that works. So. This is the last real question I got for you. And I got to get those rapid fire ones. So you're running a brand. You're doing a lot of things. Some some of which you touched on, um, you know, press, podcasting, Adidas, um, while living life. Um, and some of those things can't always be fun, right? How do you make the things that are their work? How do you make work play? How do you make that, you know, ultimately staying motivated? 
um, do you gamify things? It's like, yo, right to six blogs. I'm going to do this. Cause I remember seeing at one point after finishing a marathon, there was a, there was a treat element in, in connection. And I was like, this man gets it. <laughs> so, so tell me about that and kind of staying motivated with the things that it's like, man, I just want to do marathons and write blogs and, you know, travel and whatever. But those things that feel like work, how do you make those feel like play? So I wish I, like I said, I wish I had like sexy, cool answers. But my thoughts about motivation is that it's a fallacy. Mm. Motivation is here on the good times. Like mm-hmm. motivation is here when like you're on a roll and things of that sort. Motivation is not here when it's bad times. Motiv- actually, motivation is like a, a, fa- a fair weather friend who's like trying to leave you at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Like that's motivation. What you really are talking about is commitment. And being committed to yourself and being committed to the mission to really understand that people may not get it now, mm-hmm. but they will get it later. It's almost like um, in my book, I was writing about this thing called like delusional self-belief. Mm. You know, you think about all of the modern features, what we're doing now, Yeah, you know, the cell phone, Internet all these things somebody had to think about that and somebody else had to be like that's dumb so i can only imagine like somebody you know what was the skype or whatever being like you know what would be cool like yeah i'm talking to somebody on the, on the phone but like what if i could see their face yeah yeah what if what if i can see their face and like we can see each other while we talk but we're not here and somebody like man you talking about if you don't pick up that phone and talk to him. It was, it was some sci-fi guy. It was some sci-fi yeah. guy. It was like, man, I was reading some Philip K. Dick books and he was talking about the video tube closed off during the call. And then, yeah. you know, 10 years later, they fumbled the bag and Zoom is kind of. Exactly. Yeah. So but yeah. It goes back to those those key points, commitment, persistence, consistency, and then the the the, the delusional self-belief. Because all of this, for me to be like, oh man, I'm gonna be on the cover of Runners World. Yo, yo, fat ass. Hey, you. <laughs> First, you fat. Second, you you're black. Third, you run slow. You think you're gonna get on the cover of Runners World? Yes, I am. <laughs> and me be like, oh, I'm gonna get on this cover of Runners World. Like, I'm gonna get on it. It's that manifestation thing too. It's the manifestation thing too. Where I I remember I talked to a few people and I was like, yo, I'm trying to model like in the next year and in doing these interviews, I'm like, yo, I want to be part of somebody's art. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be in it. And I, I will say this, my scenes got dropped, but you know, that show, uh, we run the city. I mean, we own the city rather. Um, I was talking to the dude that wrote the book the day that the show was announced. He was like, yo, I got off the phone with HBO and I got on this interview with you. And as soon as he said, I was like, we'll be on that shit. I just said it like to myself. And then one of my friends who's a casting director was like, yeah, you trying to be a drug dealer for us? I was like, sure, it's playing, it's playing against type, it's fine. And, you know, my scenes weren't in it, but I was able to have that experience being on set and there, there's power in it. And I think whenever you get something, the, the opportunity or what have you, I like to run off of ambition and spite. That's that's the way I go about it. Because I'm like, nah, nobody expects me to do any of this. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm going to do that. And and just almost signing the contract with myself and being to to what you were touching on, being committed to yourself. It's like, well, right. this is the thing I want to do. I said it, but be a person, be a person that does what you say you're going to do. Exactly. You want to, you want, 
the quickest way for Mar- Martinez to do something, if you want Martinez to do something, let's piss Martinez off. Yeah. Piss uh-huh. me off. Piss yeah. me off and see what happens. A lot of cancer energy right there. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way, bro. I'm the same way. It's just like, oh, huh. Hmm. Okay, cool. Come and figure this one out. Uh-huh. I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now bringing hell with me it just turns to exactly. tombstone <laughs> so exactly. let me rock some rapid fire questions with you um you know brevity is key here don't overthink them um and uh let's see let's see hmm. what is something you've always dreamed of doing skydiving okay uh what is an activity that you find regenerative DJing. okay who or what is an anti-influence for you? I wouldn't even know because those type of people I turn out. My guy. Uh, I'm going to save the ridiculous one for last because I think it's funny. Um, let's see. If you could have dinner with three artists, whom would you choose? What would you have? Uh, Virgil. It used to be Virgil, Kanye, and Tupac, but like Kanye has been off the bull lately. Yeah, you're never wrong about that. Like, like my guy, like what's like I'm running out of like get out of jail free passes, bro. Like, I mean, your beard is all uncoordinated. Uh, just can we can we not do this? So you know, Virgil, Tupac, and the third. I'm still thinking about that one. Okay. And what, what are y'all gonna have? Like, just name a place because the next next question is a food question anyway. So, okay, um, we're gonna have Del Frisco's. Okay, I, I I guess I I must give you mine's because why not? Uh, I'm gonna have Questlove because he and I had the same birthday. Okay, uh, and he's one of the reasons uh, that I watched the documentary Euro Dreams of Sushi. Because he went to the dude's place on his birthday. He like flew to Japan just to get sushi. And I was like, look, we're on the same page, bro. <laughs> um, uh, probably Donald, Donald Glover. Just I think it's an interesting, dude. And um, I'm on the fence. I wanna I wanna stick with having like all Aquarius is there and like the dude from Tame Impala is like same birthday. He's like a year younger than me, but it's like the same uh-huh. birthday. But um I think it has to be, um, well, he's dead, but it's going to be Patrice O'Neill. It's like, hey, you know, me and him are just going to give it up. We're going to say very inappropriate things, and um, we're going to be laughing the entire time. Yeah. Uh, we're going for seafood, though. We're, we're going for, we got to get some some uh, some crab cakes. But I'm going to okay. give a note to the chef because I have a lot of chef friends here. I'm like, make the Rob Lee style of crab cake. It's Japanese inspired. Don't screw it up. Very, very specific tell notes. Me, tell me more about this. Okay. Talking Chinese fire spice, like what are you? What are you I'll, I'll, I'll put you on. I can't be giving my recipes on Mike. I'll, I'll put you on. Okay. Um, this is the last question for you. Um, and because I, I, I and I wanted to get ridiculous because you you Midwesterners, right? Like I I ended up ha- I, I used to date a girl who's from St. Louis, and I mean, like I, whenever I travel, right? I watch Food Network. Uh, this this is where I get my inspiration from. For like. How do they do that? You know, I'm going to try to make that in Travel Channel and things like that. So I remember one time we were watching something uh, about carnival food and she was like, oh, I can make that. And she went into the kitchen with all of her St. Louis flair and made that. And I was like, yo, this is this is wild. I think this is disrespectful. It was like what I call a ham snack. Hard as, you know. So what is your ham snack? What is that that thing that you're like? This is this is a bit much, but this is fire. I don't care. This is another hill I'm going to die on, if you will. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I already know this one. 
<laughs> my spaghetti is lit. Like people's spaghetti? My spaghetti is lit. I think we're going to be trading recipes in after this. <laughs> my spaghetti is lit. Okay. I think that 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 is the that is the one. Okay. We're we're trading recipes after this. Um so oh, oh and ribs. And ribs. My ribs are lit too. I mean, look, we're we're talking about smoked meat, sir. I mean, we can <laughs> we we can we can get extra familiar about this. Um, but um one, I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast. This has truly been a treat. And two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the folks that are undipped where to check you out, where to check out your brand, your uh, run club, all of that great stuff. The floor is yours. All right. So how I like to start this is good morning, good evening, good afternoon to wherever you're in the world. What up, though? It's your boy. You can find me on all forms of social media at 300 pounds or on this 300 spell out pounds and running Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, and 300poundsrunning.com. You can find uh, the, the Run Club at slowyfrunclub.com as well as Run Slow AF on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I have a book coming out that will be um, on pre-order pretty soon, probably within the end of October. It's called Slow AF, the ultimate guide for anybody who wants to run. So if you're looking for interesting stories and lessons learned from a fat man who has been running marathons for the past 10 years and some some bomb ass lessons you might want to pick up that book so there you have it folks i want to again thank martinus evans for coming on to the podcast and i'm rob lee saying that there are runners brands communities changing the ideas changing the way that we look at things in and around your neck of the woods he's got to look for it